Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Money will come if people believe your vision and like the fear out there of another Cambridge Analytica happening is like so high right now that people want to be the change. Today's Women in Tech episode shout out goes to Leah Elzinga. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Leah Elzinga, thank you so much for telling us about the Nerdette podcast on Instagram. We'll be sure to explore it more. Say hello to Leah on Instagram. Tell her you found her via Women in Tech at B-A-Z-I-N-G-A dot E-L-Z-I-N-G-A. Thank you so much, Leah, for being a part of our Women in Tech community. If you too want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech, remember you can go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. We're so proud of what we've created with the Women in Tech podcast. To support us in our journey to celebrating women in tech around the world, go to womenintech.fm and click on the donation link on the right side of the page. That's womenintech.fm. The donation link is the top right side of the page. We really appreciate you being a part of our journey and we look forward to celebrating so many more women to come. So a little personal note on both our We Are LA Tech and Women in Tech podcast today. Thought I'd say hello as I'm moving offices. I thought this would be one of the most awful experiences ever. I didn't want to move. It happened suddenly, you know, logistics things, things happen. And it just seems so right now that I'm in the process, everybody that's helped, like the task rabbits I've hired and the moving company, shout out to, I think it's called Man with a Truck Moving. I think I'll ask them when they come back upstairs. But it's been just like the greatest people helping me and the greatest energy and almost like this cleansing that I didn't expect. I thought it would be this awful, awful just heartbreaking experience. And the first thing that happened was the first person that came to help me turned out to have a passion for um, creating documentary films. So wait, say hi to the audio. Hi, audio. (laughs) Say hi. What's good? (laughs) It's man with a truck moving, right? Yeah. Okay. See, I got it right. Uh, And then he created a video, like captured the whole thing. And I walked through my whole space saying what each room meant to me and what I wanted to create there and how it was my creative haven. And it just felt like I captured my daydreams in this video. So I didn't have to actually say bye to my daydreams. I was just transforming with them. It was a really beautiful experience and completely unexpected. And then we got things packed up. And then the next morning, this morning, I got things dissembled from the walls and now you heard the guys are helping me move everything and everything's just been like so great such great people and I just think that this all is happening for a reason and I don't know what that reason is yet but everything is just so right it's almost just like this cleansing you know it's just like this cleansing I think I said that at the beginning um anyway I hope you're having a good day just wanted to kind of update you on my life transitions 
and um, enjoy the next episode. Bye. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast live. We, well, we're living. I would say it's like we are in the streets in London, England, enjoying this hot day where England is trying to be like Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> it's right after the bank holiday weekend, and we are here to celebrate Veronica. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for making time for the Women in Tech podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I mean, it's just what Google is doing at their London campus space is so amazing. I just think it's such a great community they're putting together with the Women in Tech Breakfast series. And mm-hmm. I'm so happy that you were there. So go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do. Um, so I'm Veronica Sule, the founder and CEO at Tiffy. So Tiffy is an ethical data analytics platform which specializes in campaign and reputation management. So it pretty much started, like it all began whilst I was still at university studying computer science. And whilst I was there, I would butt heads a lot with all my other male counterparts because since as a female, you're obviously the minority in computer science, they don't really listen to you. So I thought, oh, okay, I'll probably just leave tech and go into marketing. Really? Yeah, which which was like cursing and blessing at the same time because there I was able to see the gap between campaigns and then campaign analytics. Right. But then I also figured out that marketing isn't for me at all because really long hours, you have to be really sociable, and I prefer to be in front of a screen. I'm sure you don't mind the long hours, but yeah, like being in front of a a screen and totally introverted versus like exerting all your energy on saying (laughs) hello to a million people. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like having to be on site, making sure that like activations go well. It was just a lot. And especially in the summertime, I'd be working minimum 10 till 11 and it was (laughs) it was a lot so what inspired you to build tiffy so it was after the activation with coca-cola and we had a meeting with the marketing director of coca-cola uk and he wanted to know how well the activation explain the word you've used the word activation a few times so explain (laughs) that to everybody so an activation is pretty much a marketing event So this can either be someone handing you free water bottles at a train station or it can be a lot larger where it's a huge event where they put on acts and like activities. So like it really ranges from like one company to another. And the whole goal of an activation is also to boost brand awareness, but also make sure that people are understanding what the brand is and there's a positive sentiment behind it. And what led to an activation with Coca-Cola? Um, So the marketing agency I was working for had previously worked with them on previous activations and this one was the first one in which I was allowed to like take full reins. Yeah. And so I was able to see it from the beginning, the design stage to the complete end because it was a massive Coca-Cola bottle with like bubbles coming out of it until it like started touring locations in the UK, which was really interesting. It was really cool to see something I designed from the beginning, seeing it completely to the end. But then I thought, okay, there should be some analytics and right. data I could get from this. Right. And there was no easy way to gather that data. Interesting. So I thought, oh, there should be, definitely there should be an easy way. And you'd think that like a huge company has all that stuff on lockdown. Yeah. So right now they currently have 
a whole team of data scientists looking through data. And like constantly, with over one billion terabytes of data being produced daily by one person. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, you're literally just thinking that how can you go through all of this and find the relevant things to your brand or right, to right, that right, specific right. activation? Yeah. So it's just a bit of like finding a needle in a haystack for them. So I thought, okay, Google's able to index through the entire web. So there should be something in the data sense which is able to index through all the data and provide you actual and impactful results at the end of it. And so how did your journey start? Like, what was step one? Step one was, like, finalizing my idea. And so for that, I was really lucky because I was still studying at the same time. So I wrote my bachelor's dissertation on finding out sarcasm and irony in tweets using AI. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Of course you did. (laughs) So that sort of became like the backbone of Tiffy. So we're pretty much a big sentiment analyzer on anything. So this is audio to text to video. So I was able to do that. And then I was really lucky to have a pilot customer come on really early on. So this was Juventus, which is in the scale of pilot customers. It's like the biggest pilot you could get. And we were able to do their summer launch for their academy in London. So this is their first academy in London. And that was really interesting. And I found out that the product I was offering originally was overly technical. (laughs) And like... I was overloading the end user with so many visualizations and they didn't really understand, but I understood and I was right. like, oh, you'll probably need this, you'll probably need that. There were over close to 50 visualizations and through all the iterations and we've come down to about 15 visualizations. Wow. Yeah, it, it was really hard. It was like, trying to be like, okay, I don't need you anymore. I don't need you anymore. People can understand this from a simple yeah. word cloud. Why do I need a word cloud, a density graph, and then a line graph right next to each other? It, it made no sense. And then I went on to do my master's in big data. And that's when I was confronted with the whole ethical side of things. And right. how Yeah, I noticed that. You said ethical. That's yeah. You led with that word. And I, I thought that was, I liked that. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, as a software engineer, like, you're taught to just build your product, ship it out. As long as it meets the requirements, you really shouldn't care. Right. As long as it works, it works. Right. But in big data, you learn about how others, like, how your product affects the wider world around you. Yeah. So then... If I'm taking all of these consumers' data, there's a chance of either I having a data breach or I could sell it off to a third party, which these people don't know about. So I started thinking of ways in which to gather data, which is publicly available data. So this isn't information about your age, your location, anything about you, just the, either the post you do, or in the case of like news articles and press releases, just the press release itself. And from that, get as much information as you would as if I had your metadata. So it involved over 26 hours of manually labeling over 6 million different posts. Wow. Yeah, but now that we've done that, we can at least say, because this is a, we're a team of six now from, I'd say over seven different countries speaking 12 languages between us, that we were able to look at it without any cultural biases because we were able to almost like check each other 
and it means that now there's no biases in the actual algorithm itself one and then two we don't use any consumer metadata to create our visualizations or analytics so it's a win-win situation on both sides and do the six of you work on this full-time yeah so we did a three-month sprint full-time sprint and everyone else went on holiday for some yeah. holiday and I just carried on working on it because and you do this within Google yeah so at the beginning I bootstrapped the entire product right and in order to like generate investment we had to do a friends and family round which allowed us to hire more people and then as soon as you hire more people you realize there's more work to be done and then like new things start coming up new emerging like markets start coming that you need to like approach and so like the more the more you grow the more things there are to do (laughs) so how did you raise then um so we did we were we were really lucky to have a really close network of people in the community and in the market who understood our vision so we just asked those (laughs) and I think that not many people have that opportunity and so we struck where the iron was hot and we all personally asked like someone we knew like oh would you invest in this business and it's means that we've been able to not have any like external funding up until now when we've been running for I'd say like a year and a half now. Are you okay sharing how much you were able to raise? <laughs> yeah, so we were able to raise like close to 70 grand and because a, a lot of the like first employees or students everyone like offered not to get paid as much so then yeah. it made like the money stretch further. And then making also, 70, 70 US or pounds? Pounds. 70 pounds. Making that last long is hard. Yeah. Especially in a big data play. Yeah. I mean, that's that alone makes you guys amazing. Yeah, because our biggest expenditure, other than salaries, yeah. is data access. Uh-huh. And getting access to the right data and making sure that we're not taking what we don't need. So it involves a lot of, like, speaking to a lot of data brokers, making sure we have the right price. And, like, the monthly cost, our monthly cost of data alone is... <laughs> Wait, and, and now you're, you're an entrepreneur in residence at Google? Yeah. So what does that mean and what's that like? So it means that they pretty much envelop us in the Google ecosystem. So I have a sales mentor because our biggest problem is sales because yeah, we're quite us. a yeah. dev heavy team. Yeah. <laughs> There's only one person on the team doesn't have a tech background or like a developer's background. It was hard giving all of him all the, like, sales tasks to do. Right, so right. So now I'm trying to find a way to also have sales automized at the same time. Yeah. So that as long as our data is automized and our sales are automized, we can concentrate on building a better product. And Google's really helped us with that because we've also gotten credits on their cloud program. So it's yeah. been that we've been able to transfer the complete, like, the online platform yeah. from AWS yeah. onto Google Cloud and cut down another one of our costs. I remember like social intelligence back in the day when I worked in the agency world. How are you guys way better than all that fierce competition that has a lot more than 70,000 pounds behind them? Yeah. Um, I think it's because we like to say we cover the complete digital landscape. So most of these usually just cover like social media or news. So you have to get a multiple of these products right, right. to like bulk them up. But 
as I like to say that our vision is to be the Google of consumer analytics, yeah. that we index the entire web. Okay, apart from Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, that was after the whole like Cambridge Analytica scandal, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, we had to have the discussion like internally whether it was like within our morals, yeah, yeah. especially as we're an ethical data company that. If they aren't internally themselves like making sure the data is secure, yeah, we can't then make that guarantee. Right, right, right. So we just decided until they've sorted out their whole data situation. Yeah, we just, oh, you're well, not going to associate yeah. with it. Interesting. I- I'm a little hesitant to even ask this, but I'll ask it anyway. How can you completely verify that anyone's totally ethical? I know. I'm afraid. I was <laughs> like, don't ask it. Don't ask it. Don't ask um, it. Stick around. We'll be right back after the break. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's GetPodcastListeners.com. How can you completely verify that anyone's totally ethical? I know, I'm afraid. I was like, don't ask it, don't ask it, don't ask Um, it. So there are like multiple ways. Like, for example, um, Kathy O'Neill, the author of Weapons of Math Destruction, she's currently setting up um, like an auditing company named Orca for algorithmic accountability. And like just to make sure that what you're saying you're actually doing and there's no bias. So it means that historically down the line you can't be like, Oh, I've accidentally ruined the world of data by putting yeah. like biased data in the mix because we already know with like the terms of like policing and hiring that as soon as you have historically bad data that it's gonna affect the future data and future analytics. So I think we're at the point now, especially that people are understanding what big data is and how much data of theirs is being put in the cloud, that we needed her to come in and make sure that there was like a company which is making sure that all, all of us are keeping up to a standard and knowing that the products we're making now aren't going to harm the people of the future. Yeah. Come into the industry and ecosystem, you mean, not mm-hmm. with, directly with your company. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And where can people connect with you and find out more? So you can connect with us on LinkedIn. But also, can you spell your name for everybody? Um, Veronica Sule, V-E-R-O-N-I-C-A-S-U-L-E, um, on LinkedIn. But you could also check out our website, tiffyapp.com. So this is T-I-F-Y-A-P-P. Com, um, where you can request a free demo or a free report because we're currently releasing reports out to show people that you can have complete market understanding without having to take or steal your consumer's data. Or if you want to currently join our pilot program, we have spaces open. So just like drop me an email or fill out the form on the website. And what's your email? Vsule, so V-S-U-L-E at tiffyapp.com so t-f-y-a-p-p and who are your dream customers like if someone's listening right now and they have a contact your dream customers who are your dream customers and why do they need like need to talk to you yesterday um 
So anyone in like ethical retail space, because and especially sustainability now that it's become such a huge talking point, that it would be really good to partner up with either like Reformation, the clothing brand, or like huge brands like that who know that what they're also providing for consumers, but also making sure that it's always thinking ahead about the future and the people of the future. So any sustainable brands like. I'm always. Do you have names? <laughs> Do it. Ask. <laughs> you should see her face. <laughs> yeah, I, I always feel like bad. Like, ask. Do it. Ask. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Everybody listening right now is saying, "Do it. Ask us." <laughs> no. Ask. She's like holding the mic away from her mouth. Come on, ask. Okay, so if you could like, no, any ask. like Whole Foods or like. Any sustainable brands? Okay, we got like one, that. you guys. Yeah. Whole Foods. I'd, I'd, I'd die to work with Whole Foods. Whole Foods. Yeah, because, you know, you go in there for, like, one thing, you come out with, like, a whole basket of stuff. Which is essentially like, Amazon now. Yeah. Okay. Which is so weird. Yeah. But, like, I'm not too sure how I, like, feel about that. That's, like, that weird, like, ground. Yeah. But I recently read the Whole Foods, the, like, previous owner's autobiography, and that was yeah. just so inspiring. So I'm, like... He wouldn't have sold if he didn't think that, like, his mission and vision was still going to be carrying on. So then it's, like, that part of the... Yeah, it's just one of those, like, two sides. Whole Foods. Her dream is Whole Foods. And now, why does Whole Foods need to talk to you yesterday? Because when they're opening new stores, like, they currently opened a new store in Queen's Park, which is where I live. And I think it's right there you'd be able to know who your target consumers are whether they actually want to store their what their biggest pain points are when they're going like shopping if they're looking for like vegan stuff so you're able to find out more about your consumers without later down the line being like oh it was another Cambridge Analytica scandal like no one wants to be associated with that like right. Facebook will never I think will never come back from that or the other companies and politicians who have used similar things will never be able to get that back so it's now making sure that you make plans for the future and like knowing what your actions now will affect not not in a week's time not in a month's time but five years or ten years down the line Amazing. A last question. What's one, hu- well, almost last question. What's one huge obstacle that you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? VCs. <laughs> Venture capital. Yes. Okay. So at one point, I was getting a lot of advice that I should start raising. Yeah. So I did and it wasn't a great experience at all. I just, I felt belittled I felt like not understood for me the main thing is the ethics but people were more interested in the whole like oh but how will you be making money 10 15 years down the line I'm like no but money will come if people believe your vision and like the fear out there of another Cambridge Analytica happening is like so high right now that people want to be the change yeah and it was hard to communicate that with them and since I'm quite young they were like oh but you don't have any experience and I'm just like (sighs) but I've worked in marketing I've worked in tech I've seen the problems firsthand (sighs) what else are you gonna say so did you just stop going after venture yeah yeah you know what's funny is okay in the venture capital world if you're not making money you have a conversation like you Mm -hmm. had 
If you are making money, they say, no, we only want companies that aren't making money. You can't make money and you can't not make money. It's just, what do you want then? Yeah, it's super confusing. Yeah, so yeah. now I've, like, I do. Have you looked into backstage capital? What Arlen Hamilton is doing is yeah. beautiful. So I She's fierce. accidentally, like, met with one of the managers there. Yeah. Like, I was just, like, walking through and he was just like, oh, wait did I see you at like one of these pitch days and I was like yeah and he's just like oh here's my email you should like drop me a line yeah. and like come in and pitch for us and I'm just like oh and then like, I look them up and like see all the other like ventures they yeah. support and I'm like this is the sort of ecosystem I want to be a part yeah talk about ethical yeah and it's finding the VC who fits your morals and like yeah. your ethics instead of trying to change yourself to fit there. Totally. And I think like that's what I found out. It's now. a relationship. Yeah. So when I first started in raising, I met with Sequoia Capital, who's yeah. this huge venture capitalist firm in San Francisco. And the first piece of advice that they gave me in the mentorship was that um, venture capital is a relationship. Yeah. It's not, let me get your money. It's mm. a relationship. And so I ended up going, I owned an action sports media company at the yeah. time. So I ended up raising from an action sports um, media distribution company. Like I owned a, a digital media company and yeah. they owned a hardcore media, like a hard goods media yeah. company. And so that's where, uh, because that to me, they understood my market and mm. it was a partnership that made strategic sense that's it strategy it needs to make strategic sense and be a relationship not just a one-way yeah. money funnel <laughs> it's interesting um and your favorite book do you have one so i'm currently reading the um women's murder club series by james patterson and maxine i'm not too sure what her last name yeah <laughs> but i accidentally read it out of order so i picked up number 15 first and was like, oh, this is a really nice looking book. Oh, really interesting. <laughs> and I was like, oh, there's 14 other books. <laughs> wow. So now I'm reading them backwards. But it's really good because it's almost like dramatic irony because I know what's going to happen next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's really funny. And do you listen to podcasts? Yeah. Okay, what's a podcast you recommend? The Ricky Gervais Show. Because like, oh, yeah, if, of course. If you're like having a bad day, like something Kyle Pickinson is going to say, is gonna like make you laugh and you're gonna forget why you had a bad day yeah. so like it's one of those where you can re-listen over and over again yeah like I think I've probably at least three times beginning to end and then like a new one will come out and then I'll start again yeah and best piece of advice you've ever gotten trust your gut because it's usually right and most of the mistakes I've made have been not trusting my gut also too many cooks spoil the soup <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you're getting loads of advice from loads of different people, chances are one of those pieces of advice will clash with another piece of advice and you're not too sure which advice you should go for and then you're stuck there being like, who do I listen to? And last question is favorite tech tool or mobile app, hardware, software, it could be anything, website. Too Good To Go. So it's this... Too Good To Go? Yeah. What is that? It's like a food sharing app, but it's not really a food... Sh so, you know, at the end of the day, when bakeries have, like, loads of baked goods yeah. left and they haven't been yeah. able to do with it. Yeah. So you can now go and, like, buy those baked goods, like a whole bag of them for, like, one pound. What? Yes. <laughs> is it only in England? I don't know. Too, is it too good to go.co.uk? Yeah. yeah, I think... No, because I'm using the app currently... 
and it's so good. Too good to go. Yeah. And we'll include it in the show notes. Everything, all the links will be included in the show notes. So um, you guys can click on things with ease. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to share before we wrap up? Follow us on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Shoot out your Instagram. What's your Instagram? Um, Tiffy Analytics. So Tiffy app was taken on Instagram. <laughs> so we're at Tiffy Analytics on Instagram. And you'll see Larry the Llama. Larry the Llama. Tell me about Larry the Llama. Also, Larry the Llama is like half a joke. So it's like no, like drama llama. So this is when it's like an error message when the the models themselves don't know what's going on. Yeah. So we half run off like a algorithm checking system. So yeah. each one of them checks each other. Yeah. So if they don't agree or there isn't like a mutual consensus. It's like, oh, this is inconclusive, and then a drama llama pops up. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. I love llamas in general. Thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. Thanks for having me. On this awesome street in London. It is just, like, such a gorgeous day. If you want to connect and collaborate with more extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. Womenintechvip.com takes you straight to the Facebook group. And say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Veronica Sule, founder and CEO of Tiffy. Tiffy is an ethical data analytics platform for campaign and reputation management based in London. And you're listening to Women in Tech. If you too want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech, remember you can go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. We're so proud of what we've created with the Women in Tech podcast. To support us in our journey to celebrating women in tech around the world, go to womenintech.fm and click on the donation link on the right side of the page. That's womenintech.fm. The donation link is the top right side of the page. We really appreciate you being a part of our journey and we look forward to celebrating so many more women to come. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Adam Carroll. Show notes by Carl Marty. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.